Okay, we've just been uh, wrestling with technology before we talk about talking about wrestling with and living with technology. <laughs> oh, my God. We love hate technology. That's right. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. yeah. So can we start, Zach? Oh. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah, so, and has that ever been more true than right now? I mean, oh my we've never been more grateful, you know, and yeah. had more reasons to love our technology. And I have to say, I have recently had this feeling um, of really, like, I, getting really angry with my devices, like I'm sick of them, right? Like, in the same way I would be sick of a person that I had been attached yes. to, attached to the hip with for a year. That's like enough of you. Right, enough of you. Right. I, I feel I mean I think I've even I think I've even kind of yelled at it or said mean things. Just go away, but I can't live without you. I can't live with you. Can't live without you. So, I mean, what oh. it, you know, we've been talking about having this conversation for a few months, and here we are with the world about to open up again, God willing. And um, mm-hmm. I, I, it, you know, among the many resets we ahead is this, uh, is this how do we kind of reset? We've been enmeshed, <laughs> right, with mm-hmm. our technologies. Um, they have been our portal to much of reality, including people and places we love. Um, and, and yet we have to reshape that relationship moving forward, kind of knowing now what we know, I think, about the connective power that in a way we possessed before but didn't, weren't availing ourselves of. But also knowing what we know about how it's not, it's not, it can't, it's not good for us for this to be the portal to reality. So, no, so yeah. Tiffany, let's just talk this through. That for the living, the questions is really like twenty to thirty minutes, and I feel like this question is so out there for people. Obviously, also people who are living with children who've been in school on technology all year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just very briefly, and we'll I'll tell people about the book, you know, book and all that. But you, you know, you you. I, f- I associate you with Tech Shabbat. I mean, I don't know if somebody else coined the phrase, but I think you are. No, I think I think we did. My I think you I. did. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, yeah. I associate you as the person who's really given this idea richness and put it out into the world. And then and then your book is 24-6, which is a way to talk about Tech Shabbat. And so, you know, I, just as I was getting ready to talk to you, and I will say, you know, full disclosure, I've been fortunate enough to actually have – analog, uh, in-the-flesh Shabbat <laughs> dinner with you and your family. Oh, I loved our Shabbats uh, right? together. All <laughs> right, And also, I've been on some of the Zoom Shabbat experiences you've had this year, which was also lovely. Um, not the same, but lovely. But mm. it's so interesting right now to think about how in observant Jewish homes, in observant Jewish tradition, Shabbat always had this element of a break from technology, um, mm-hmm. Way before anyone could have known how te- how interwoven technology in our century could become, right? Like extensions of our mm-hmm. eyes and ears and fingertips. But the principle was there, and um, but for you, it was after your father died that you started yeah. this tradition. Well, I I think that 
I was in a similar moment in my life that I think a lot of us have been in this last year where I felt like um, when my father died and um, my daughter was born, it felt like life was grabbing me by the shoulders and saying, focus on what matters, what's important. And so, you know, this was 11 years ago that we decided to turn off screens one day a week for what we call our texture bots. And I have to say during this pandemic where we've had to be on screens 10 times more for mm -hmm. everything, our day without screens has been 10 times more important. I mean, it is, my 17 year old daughter Odessa said, it's the only thing that hasn't changed. <laughs> it's the one consistent oh, thing is this, really? this, this day <laughs> that is unlike any other, it's an analog day and it's mm -hmm. a day of joy and family and eating good food and doing all the things we love to do. And, um, and really a lot of inward thinking. I do my best kind of thinking and journaling and all of that on that day too. So it, it has been, so, it is interesting to think that this is over 3,000 years old, this idea, this elegant idea of mm. one day of rest. And what does that mean in our modern society, especially this year where work and rest, and it was all so mishmashed um, yeah. in this yeah. remote existence. And so I feel like I have a whole new appreciation for turning it all off, especially with the election news and the pandemic stressful news. Like I felt for one day a week, I was like protected. I got mm -hmm. to recharge. I got to reflect. I got to think. I got to connect with my family and really get the perspective that I don't have during the week when, when we're so in it and responsive and reactive. And all we're doing is really kind of responding to the world and tweets and notifications. And I don't know, I, I guess it's a day to catch my breath and, and rethink things. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a point in there that I hadn't considered of Shabbat is also a way of, it's a way of structuring time, right? It's a yes, way of, it, yes. it's creates structure in life. As you say, that is predictable. It's week to week, not kind of day to day, but um, that's another thing that, um, disintegrated for uh, for so many of us this yes, year. Those yes, those of us who work from yes. home, that the the, and, blur, and, the blurriness, yeah, and also of the stress in our bodies of having to create that structure every day for ourselves. I don't right. even think we've known how to take in that that burden, that stress. Well. I think that's right. And that there was so many articles where people were like, what day is it? And everything's yeah. blurring together. But I never felt that way because I was always either heading and looking forward to my tech Shabbat, yeah. a day without screens, or I was feeling the benefits of it at the beginning of the week. And it's, it's got this kind of whole hill, hill rhythm where I'm going up and then I'm going down and looking forward. It also, it also gave me something to look forward to yeah. every week when I've had, I'm sure like everyone, so many things canceled. And this is the one thing that hasn't, you can't cancel Shabbat. It happens every week. <laughs> And people are doing it all over the world and it you can count on it. And mm -hmm. I think the time management point, it was a really profound one for me even when I started it because I used to work all the time and, and I loved, I love what I did. It wasn't, you know, this is when I was running the Webby Awards or I was like, I loved, I loved all of it. And yet I was burning out and to create this day where my whole family and so our daughters are now almost 12, almost 18. Hmm. And, you know, Ken's a professor of robotics. We obviously are into tech. Yeah, you're not. Bravo. You created the Webby Awards. <laughs> you're not tech. You're not Luddites. We're not. We're into it, but not know. into it all the time. And, and Ken and I are both really interested in this question of what does it amplify? What does it amputate? And I think 
structuring our time and time management of saying there's going to be this one day that is filled with joy and rest because you know we always have people over for dinner like you Mm -hmm. um and wonderful social night on friday night even during the whole pandemic we did it outside with two tables at a distance but we kept that going with strong heaters i should say outside also uh, also you live in california you you would not have been able to pull that off in minnesota with even with heaters Uh, but okay i i appreciate that i do i i don't live in the midwest yeah so but um but then, and then Saturday is a very kind of more quiet. Um, that's when we take long walks and there's napping, there's reading. I feel the most creative on that day. And I do a lot of, um, I try to get up before everyone on Saturday morning and I just do, I kind of pour my brain out onto the page and I try to do a lot of thinking. But it is about time. Like there's a lot of things I think I'm going to save thinking about that until Saturday or a mm. really incredible book or article. Like I'll pile, start piling things up. Like I want to, think about that generously. I want to give it the time that it deserves and I'm going to save it for Saturday. And it it makes you think about there's a time for work, there's a time for rest. And, you know, I'm not a religious Jew. And I say that because I love Judaism so much, but I love thinking about the ideas of Judaism in in a a way of like living a good life. So if you Mm -hmm. think of the 10 commandments as like, okay, these are 10 ways to live a good life. Taking a complete day of rest is number four on the list. I mean, it is Mm. above honor thy mother and father. It's above do not commit murder (laughs) is take a day of rest. So it's like, I almost think like, if you take a full day of rest, you're going to honor your parents. You're not going to commit murder. You need to take. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an order. It's, it's, it's number four for a reason, Mm. I think. Mm. Somewhere in, in your book in 24, six, you talked about how it feels like on, I think this, you're talking about that Saturday that you said it, it your mind gets to wander and you're thinking off a leash. And again, in the pandemic, because because there were no boundaries between mm. all the different parts of life, um, you know, it's it it might have sounded to some of us like it would have been a freedom. But I, when I, that image of the leash that we've been on, mm, kind of mm. all, eternally connected to, or in every moment connected to the rest of thing of our lives through technology. Um, I don't I'm know. It so just sounds very luxurious. No. Yeah. I love that you brought up the leash. Okay, because I'm mm-hmm. thinking about this idea of a leash, an off leash, in a whole new way. Because I, like many people, we got a puppy. We got a pandemic <laughs> puppy, and I. I'm so grateful. I mean, she has just brought such joy and long walks into my life. But the biggest thing I think about is there's nothing that makes me happier than unclicking her leash and watching her frolic in the hills. And I think about that a lot because I do consider on my tech Shabbats that I let my brain off leash because there is no doubt, Krista, I mean, now that I've been doing this for 11 years, it is my most creative day. All the ideas come on Saturday. And I think about that a lot because as a filmmaker, you know, when am I feeling most juicy and creative? And it's when my my mind gets to go off leash and it's Mm -hmm. not responding to things on my screens. It's just doing its own thing. And when I see our dog, Rosalind Franklin, we call her Rosie, running in so many wonderful directions through the hills. I think that's what my mind gets to do on Saturdays. Mm. I get to go off leash. And I think a lot about the vaccine, which we're, I don't know how it is for you, but we're really starting to get them a lot here. And it's going to allow us to be off leash again, like as a society, because we've been in these kind of chrysalis pandemic pods for a year. 
And what's, what are we going to, what are the lessons we're going to bring from this year, which I think there are many. Um, and it's been a very intense and difficult year. It's also been, I'm starting to feel hope in a bigger way for the first time. But I think this idea of, are we going to really appreciate being with other humans in this whole new way? I mean, I, when mm-hmm. I have seen my friends, usually for our tech Shabbats, at a distance, it's like my heart is pounding in a different way to physically be with people I love and yeah. just another human. And I, I hope one of the lessons from this year of screens is that there is nothing that replaces that that human connection. And I also, I feel the stress of, you know, everyone talks about Zoom fatigue, but I think a lot of it is because we're not making eye contact. We're making this kind of faux Zoom eye contact all the time yeah. because yeah. the camera is above, yeah. you're in the it's middle. Not, yeah. Even when it and feels like you're looking at somebody, you're not you're not you're actually not. looking at each other. Yeah. And I think it's this kind of accumulative feeling of not really like truly connecting on some, you know, biological level with our eye contact and the neurons yeah. and like we're looking askance kind of the yeah, whole year. I, <laughs> I have also felt um I have felt I have become aware through the absence of this, that when we're in a room with other people, at an animal physical level, we're picking up energy from each other. Yes, right? We're giving yes. energy. We're we're giving it off. We're we're absorbing it. I mean, even if it's even if it's not a harm, you know. I mean, even if it's a harmonious room or a complicated room, there's a lot of energy exchange. And I and I felt yes. like that's part of what I'm missing. I can be on Zoom for an hour. I can be in an interesting conversation with good people, but I leave feeling depleted, right? I'm not taking in that physical experience. Yes, and I think that that word you just said, depleted, I think this is the big question of our time. I mean, talk about living the question. I think the big question of our time is when does technology nurture and when does it drain and deplete? And there's a lot of times it is nurtured in the last year for sure. I mean, there is. I mean, just, I mean, I went to connecting with people and that you might not have in this last year and just staying yeah. connected with yeah, the people that you love. Yeah, that's been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I do think the closer people can get after they've been online, they're like, wait, did that, did that give me energy or did it drain? And understanding that feeling is a really important thing because as we emerge from this period, being able to get that sensibility tighter. Like, did that give me energy? Was that a nourishing online Mm -hmm. experience or did I, and how nourishing it is to be with other people? Like you said, that energy flow, I mean, oh my gosh, I can't Mm -hmm. wait to, I mean, as a filmmaker, be in a movie theater and experience a movie and hear everyone sigh together and clap together. And, you know, I've done a lot of talks on Zooms and experiences and it's so hard to recreate that flow and just that exchange of uh, yeah. energy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it is, um, yeah. Excited. Well, I wanted, I want to talk a little bit more before we finish about the kind of big existential philosophical questions here, but, but I, but I also would like to ask you to, I mean, this is a, as you say, you don't have to be Jewish. The way you're right. talking about Tech Shabbat is something we could all do. I happen to think that if you're Jewish, I think it's a great gift to have this tradition and this ritual. 
um, in your culture, in your DNA, right? I, th- I think that helps in imposing a ritual like this. But mm. I also think that the extreme place we've come with our lives, with our time management, with our technology means – and, I, and you know, one thing I think a lot of us have learned this year the hard way is the need for rituals and, as you said, time management and yes. creating structure. Yes. So how would you talk – and the, the book is, is really fantastic. I mean, it really is a manual and also a wonderful discussion and reflection about tech, our lives with technology. But just how – you know, just for a few minutes here – Describe what the invitation would be. How do you? Be, how would you begin if you wanted to create a tech Shabbat tradition um, mm. in 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 a, in a family or in a in a yeah. home? Um, thank you. First, um, <laughs> I, thank you. I, you know, I I do think about Shabbat just like yoga and meditation. Like these are two practices I do from other cultures that have brought so much to my life, and I think Shabbat can be that gift of an idea that anyone can do. I mean, it's so exciting to me now that the book's been out for over a year, how many people are doing it. And really, uh, I walk people through in the book exactly how, but I would tell you that, and as a parent, um, so much, but a lot of people do it that aren't, that are single, don't have kids, and it, it's brought so much back to their lives too. But as a parent, I can just say that it's the single best thing that we've done as a family tradition because so much of parenting is modeling behavior and and showing your kids, being like, we as a family value for one day, we're going to be with each other without the whole world with us mm-hmm. on these screens. And we're, we value a, a conversation around a table with interesting people like you and family and friends and that be around a table and learn how to have a conversation and make good food. And then we also yeah. value time where there's nothing, where you're, you're, Walking in nature, you're staring out the window, you're reading, and you're not doing too much of anything. And in a society that values so much of like, go, produce, be, yeah. hustle, all these words that that's not the world. I don't want to live that way 24-7. And how do you create moments of pause and space? So I would say, um, depending on where you are, anyone can do this. You can do this next Friday. I mean, I love the idea that people are doing something at the same time all over the world. So Mm -hmm. every Friday night, Mm -hmm. there are people on every part of this globe who are preparing for Shabbat. And um, we do make a special meal. And I think making something different and setting the table and putting flowers, I think, is a wonderful ritual. And um, we have one conversation around the table, no screens. I mean, I, I talk about in the book all these other things I do the other six days because I don't look at my f- my phone's not in my bedroom before I go to sleep. It's not there when I wake up. And I, I have, just like you said, the more rituals I've added to my morning and my evening routine have made the love sandwiches of my life so much better because I don't <laughs> wake up in reaction to the world and let... Yeah that stream of email or news or whatever dictate the mood of my morning, you know, the way I wake up or go to bed. But then in the day, you know, um, I'm a true believer out of sight, out of mind, all the screens kind of go away. There might Mm -hmm. be one person in your home who's like, I just need to have it near whatever. Everyone's got their own thing. I don't like to look at it or touch it. And it's an amazing thing that we all survived before uh, phones and screens. And I write down on Friday afternoon if we have plans on Saturday, but we try not to have too many plans. Like we've done it with our kids in sports and all of that. But really Saturday, Friday is very social with a dinner with other people. And Saturday is very, 
it's, I mean, it's family. It's what I grew up with on, in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday so was, was family day. Yeah. <laughs> well, and which also can can have a lot of boredom to it. But boredom is, is boredom? also a wellspring of creativity. Oh, my God. Boredom is... Yes, the mm-hmm. runway of creativity. That's why I tell my youngest, if she ever says it, I'm like, great, you're bored. Mm-hmm. That means you're a little uncomfortable. And you know what? This incredible creative world is right at the edge of that uncomfortableness because it yeah. inevitably happens that you'll have to create your own sense of creativity. And I think I really, that's one thing I worry about is every second, it's just so easy if you're bored to just flick your wrist and look at your phone and you know, there's such, and there's so much neuroscience to back this up. And I've made a couple of films about it, about the the default mode network. And basically your mind is in its most supple creative state when it's off leash, <laughs> going back to uh-huh. our yeah. original word. Um, so we need, we, we need to create more space off leash. And even now when I step in the shower, I think don't turn on the news, don't turn on anything and just take a shower because that's why you have your best ideas when you're in the shower right. doing the dishes or taking a walk. And we've just filled every waking moment with stimulation and input and you need time to digest and mm-hmm. create new thoughts. And that's really what the tech Shabbats create this space to digest everything you've experienced that week and figure out how you think about it and how it integrates to your larger narrative and you know, it, it's just such a great thing to create that space to think. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it, it's 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 protecting your it's protecting your brain is apart from just yes, your rela- you are the curator, I, yeah, of your brain, yeah. You are, you know, I um, and I know you're really steeped in a lot of the science around this, and I and it also looks to me when I when I look at what you're getting into these days that. I, it sounds to me like there's an intensification of that science around technology in our brains, especially with young people. Um, yeah. I I have to say, you know, one of the experiences I've had this year um, is feeling like my brain isn't working very well, which I know, mm. I, I, you know, I just had this conversation a few weeks ago about what's been going on in our nervous systems. Like, I, I know that I know that pandemic r- brain is a real thing and it has it has mm-hmm. things to do with the stress response that that got turned on and never turned off for us a year ago. But I have also, I have, it's clear to me that, right, this addictive power of these devices, um, of phones, um, that because I'm so, I am so enmeshed with going into that, you know, with everything coming out of my device with me interacting with the device mm-hmm. and it and I find um you know at my advanced age like not with a very you know a, 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 like an adolescent brain that's going to be more inclined to want a lot of mm-hmm. dopamine um I can feel it hijacking my brain right and I have trouble getting myself off it at times mm. I completely know what you mean. I mean, I completely know what you mean. Well, I, first of all, going back to just the brain, I mean, what I've been able to, (laughs) I just think everyone needs to be very forgiving of themselves this last year and how they feel and how much they are able to create. It's been much less for me this year and I kind of leaned into it at a certain point. But I think, you know, it is very seductive and alluring because it was designed that way. The, um, you know, to keep our eyes glued to the screen is the 
That's the strategy. So when you can't pull away, it's because there's thousands of engineers and psychologists and technologists who that's all they've been thinking about is how do we keep her, mm-hmm. him, they, everyone glued to the screen. And even I, so we used to have a, a rule, no screens upstairs. And then of course, during the pandemic, our kids' rooms became their classrooms. So yeah. I felt like the screens were multiplying like hamsters in my house. I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, how are there that many screens in your bedroom? So then at a certain mm-hmm. point, like... Four months ago, Ken and I were like, okay, that's it. Screens downstairs at, at 9 p.m. And we did like extract the screens in the bedroom. And then my younger daughter was like, mom, why do you still have your phone here? And I was like, oh, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. Get that thing, get that kryptonite away from me. And so yeah. now when she takes the screens down, she takes mine down too. And to, let me tell you, to get them out of the bedroom, you think you can't do it. And then my nighttime, I look forward to my nights. I'm like, oh, I'm going to read and take a bath. And I'm not going to just check that one more thing on my phone that will affect my dreams, affect my sleep, might stress me out. It's just, you have to, going back, okay, let's go back to the protector of your brain. You're the curator of your brain. You're the steward of your brain. And what you let in is going to affect it all the time Mm and how you feel. Mm -hmm. So... You, it takes courage. I mean, I do think it takes courage to do texture boss because you have to say to the world, nothing is more important than what's happening in my home, even that that's me being with myself. And every great wisdom practice, I mean, Krista, I've learned so much from so many of your shows on all the different wisdom practices of every culture. There is a need for silence yeah. and stillness and reflection. And we've created a society where there's no room for any of that because yeah. we're filling every waking moment. So you have to have the courage to say, I value my inner world and my inner thoughts and and thinking on my own instead of in response to so many other people. And I need to carve out that space, I believe, one day a week because it's thousands of years old. They must be onto something. But mm-hmm. I also am now doing it. I do it at night. And now in the morning, I, you know, I don't look at my phone for 30 minutes and it has made such a difference in how I end and start my day. And then of course, what I always look forward to is this whole day of just um, thinking on my own, in my own space with it. Cause we're so influenced. I mean, all the people you follow, you have to curate that list because they're going to yeah. influence, influence your stream of consciousness all the time. Do you think because you do the, the tech Shabbat, because you take that 24 hours off do you think that um, creates a resilience in you to be a little bit more resistant to um, to no, the addictive? I think it's qualities? like a muscle. Huh? Well, yeah, I, I'm like the, I'm like the rest of you. I mean, when you said that, like, we feel like it's hijacked. I mean, there's certain points I'm like Tiffany to put it away. Like yeah. I'm talking yeah. to myself to put yeah. it away, but but I know that every week it is like a muscle because. Uh, well, first of all, and and I can see it in my kids. Like they know they can be without it because they do it every week. So yeah. they've had um, that experience. That, yeah. Yeah, that they mm-hmm. know they can have a great day and and that it's not a scary thing to be without their phone. I think it does build a muscle. Like mm-hmm. I, I know the benefits. And, you know, there's so many theories of habit around habit that if you want to change something, you have to replace it with something you love to do. So Shabbat, our Shabbats are just filled with food we love, people we love, things we love. It's the day of doing all the things you, and that you love doing. And going back to anyone listening that wants to try this, if you live with other people or if you're by yourself, if you wrote a list of what are all the things you wish you did more of in a fo- more focused way, um, and everyone's got a different list, and then you fill your tech Shabbat with that, and then you've suddenly replaced the habit of staring at a screen with something that fills your cup. And I think thinking about what are the things that bring you joy, that make you laugh, that make you feel happy, and 
replace the time when you're <laughs> flipping your wrist to look at your phone is yeah. a really good way to do it. Mm. I think this is wonderful. I think it's so helpful right now, more helpful than ever before. You know, I, I love. I noticed in 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 the book in twenty four six you 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 name as one of your favorite lines, one of my favorite lines um, from Annie Dillard. Mm. How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives, and mm. that just feels so resonant. Also, again, as we are able to move out, um, to be out, to see people again, to look up from the screens, to not go through them for so much. Um, I feel like you, you've used that word curate, like we have this choice again to very consciously curate how we spend mm. our days. Yeah. And I think a big question that everyone, I know I've been asking a lot and kind of making lists is what are the rituals that came into your life during the pandemic that you want to keep. And most of those are analog rituals for, for me. Mm-hmm. And and then what are some of the technological things that actually were exciting that yeah. you want to continue? And then what are the, you know, what, what can we bring forward from this experience? And, you know, any, as you know, I just turned 50 this year and anytime I've brought a new ritual into my life, it has made my life better. There's no mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. So um, start accumulating rituals and I promise it'll make you happier. I mean, I really feel like after 11 years of doing this that I just, I'm happier. I feel more creative and more connected, you know, to myself and and the people I love in my family. And I don't know what, you know, there's nothing that has done that so completely each week for me where it kind of resets me. Hmm. And I think that this pandemic was a big look at everyone, how, what's matters, what's important and what rituals can keep that focus on what matters Mm -hmm. because of that Annie Dillard. It's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful quote, because if you think about your day and how much time do you spend on screens versus being outside or connecting, and it's a real easy way to look at what you want to change, what you want to keep. And I think those are questions we should all continue to keep asking ourselves yeah especially now oh i'm glad you're in the world thank you for this oh i love talking to you krista it's like oh i get to talk (laughs) (laughs) it's like such that's a joy for me i mean i think Mm -hmm. um i think if everyone can hold on what when does it nourish when does it deplete and how can i Mm -hmm. focus on what matters